Please listen carefully. folks welcome into another episode of the herd it here sports podcast as always i'm your host cooper herd it's a pleasure to have you in here once again um today i'm going over the, the th- this is the third part in a what's turned into a three-part series going through the first edition of my 2023 nba draft big board um i've been digging into the draft I would say over the last six weeks or so um, really started diving into it over the last three weeks, the last month or so. Uh, this is a, this is a great draft. It's been a ton of fun. Um, this episode, I'm going to go over guys that are ranked 21 through 30 on my board. Uh, quickly to recap the previous two episodes. Uh, I've got Victor women. at number one, Scoot Henderson two, Brandon Miller at three, Cam Whitmore at four, Keontae George at five, Kaysen Wallace at six, Jarris Walker at seven, Nick Smith at eight, and, uh, excuse me, uh, Amen Thompson at nine, uh, Sar Thompson at 10, Jet Howard at 11, Grady Dick at 12, Anthony Black at 13, Ryan Rupair at 14, Traquavion Smith at 15, Bryce Sensabaugh at 16, Gigi Jackson at 17, Taylor Hendricks at 18, Maxwell Lewis at 19, Dreek Whitehead at 20. So that's my top 20. That's what I've gotten through so far. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and launch right into it. I'm going to try to make this a little bit quicker of an episode. I'm going to play pickleball in a little while. So <laughs> don't don't want to miss that. Uh, I probably, do, probably should do a little stretching and stuff before that, to be completely honest. Uh, get hydrated. So uh, go ahead and launch right into number 21 on my board. Um, and this guy is actually in the same tier as my numbers 9 through 20. Uh, so that tier starts with Amin Thompson, Osar Thompson, um, down to my number 19 pick, or my nine, number 19 ranked player was Max Lewis. Number 20 was Derek Whitehead. Uh, so number 21 is Dayron Holmes. Uh, Dayron Holmes, the second out of Dayton. Uh, he is around six foot 10, listed at 220 ish pounds. This is his second year of college. He's about 20 years old. Uh, he'll be turning 21 in August. He is a, I have him listed in his defining skill, which um, one of the things I've always loved, uh, just an aside about basketball and basketball discussion is like archetypes and trying to define different archetypes of guys. You know, it's a very, un, it can be a very unscientific process, which this is, but uh, that's definitely something I want to uh, do some research on in the future. It's something I find uh, very interesting and something that I think is very useful for people like me who um, have not necessarily studied basketball their whole lives to try to get some approximation of the knowledge that, you know, some of you great basketball minds have, you know, I'm just trying to find every trick in the trick in the uh, tool bag to catch up to you folks. So um, Dayron Holmes, though. As far as his sort of archetypal role, I'm considering him sort of a, sort of a mobile big. Um, he's not really – so he's not much of a shooter. Um, I don't know that I've actually seen him shoot any jump shots outside of the paintish area. I mean, he'll take some, some you know, some shots, but 
Um, he is actually a pretty decent shot creator. I was looking um, in Synergy earlier, and he has more post-up points than I would have expected. Um, and I think that that came, I would have expected more transition points. He's a he's a good athlete. Um, you know, he's a guy that's, I, I, I kind of like the 6'10 center guy uh, type, archetype, uh, because they tend to run the court very well. Um, that's like the perfect height where if you're 6'10", you're still, as long as you've got decent leapability, you're still able to jump over anybody, dunk on anyone. But, you know, there's also a chance that you're quick enough to really get down the floor. And that's when I think you become a real transition threat is when you can maximize uh, getting down the court quickly while also being able to, you know, leap over other people, leap through other people, et cetera. Um, so I think he's, he's, um, I think he's going to be a good player in transition again i think for a young athletic big that's generally where you're going to get most of your points early on uh is sort of diving to the rim uh and trying to catch passes and in transition um but i think he'll do pretty well there and he'll earn some minutes uh, relatively early on um he's got pretty good hands he you know again he's got pretty good touch that's something i'm focusing on for all these guys i think it's probably a thing that I'm going to focus on more than other people is just trying to quantify touch. Um, I think he's got pretty good touch, uh, not nothing mind blowing, but solid. Um, he's had some really high scoring games this season. You know, he had 32 against like Fordham, I think, um, and 32 against Davidson. Uh, he's had several 20 point games as well. Um, so, you know, he's a pretty big scorer, but I think the thing that you really like about him is that, he is one of these guys that fits my, um, my, <laughs> my ex- ex- intense desire for guys that have shooting skill, dribbling skill, passing skill, and to be on defense. Um, I think he's, and I guess when I say shooter, I mean somebody that can make shots. Um, anywhere on the court not necessarily that he is a three-point jump shooter uh shooting i'm not quantifying is jump shooting um i think you know in his role he's not somebody that's going to be taking threes maybe eventually but you know if i don't see any reason to um assume he's going to take threes and as far as i'm concerned i'm evaluating him for who he is now um, and I think his shooting touch is pretty solid. You know, like I said, he scores a good amount in the post off like self-created looks. Um, I think he's someone that's going to finish pretty efficiently, even if he's not getting open looks all the time, which is very important because if you're playing in half court looks, you just aren't getting open looks that often, especially if you're getting to the rim. Um, so I think he's got pretty good shooting touch. These dribbling and passing are both slightly above average for this type of player. Uh, I think he's he's a good skilled guy. I don't think I mentioned this, but he was actually a, a Montverde guy. He was um, he's playing at Dayton, so you don't necessarily think of him as being a highly touted recruit. But he was a four star. I've got him listed as the 48th ranked recruit uh, via the uh, oh god, which I think I used 247's composite rankings. Um, so he was you know he, he, I think he was a top 50 guy, a, a highly regarded recruit. Um, so it's not surprising to see that he's got some skill, some shooting touch. Um, he's a guy that just, yeah, he seems like he's he's pretty well made to be a pro, um, ready made to be a pro. 
Uh, I think his defense, his defense, I've got rated as a seven. I think he's a good defender. Um, I think he is a pretty solid guy in terms of being scheme versatile. Um, I think he would be a solid rim protector. I think he'd be a solid, if you already had like a Carlton Towns type of shooting center, uh, maybe not Cat because Cat could, you know, we see he's playing the four defensively now, but uh, theoretically somebody that you're you're putting him, um, you're, you're putting Daron Holmes as the offensive five, but the defensive four, I, you know, I could see him doing that and being a good weak side defender. Um, I think he's going to have good scheme versatility. The one, again, the one massive limiting factor is that he's not a shooter, which means more than likely he's going to have to play center or at the very least, he's just a lot more limited in the roles that he can fill due to that. Um, but as a six foot 10 guy, that's a good athlete. Like that's not a killer. You know, he, he can be a center full time if he needs to be. Um, a couple guys that he brought to mind for me, these are pretty weak comps to be honest. Um, but just guys that, you know, maybe he could fill a similar role to, um, are Nick Claxton and Kevon Looney. I think those are guys that, you know, he, he would maybe want to model his game after some extent, or, you know, maybe a better way to look at these are, yeah, I could see him potentially filling Kevon Looney's role or Nick Claxton's role, uh, if everything pans out, um, it's a pretty tough ask. Those guys are on really good teams. But, you know, those are both guys that I think have an underrated level of uh, dribbling and passing skill. The reason that Kevin Looney has been able to fit on the Warriors for so long is that he can pass the ball. You know, you have to be able to, to survive on the Warriors. Um, it's two, two good skill guys, good on defense. I don't think he's going to be quite the defender that Nick Claxon is. Um, but that's sort of where I see Daron Holmes and I, I've noticed that I'm running a little long already. So can I go ahead and move on? Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit less about this next guy. Uh, my 22 ranked player, Jalen Wilson. Uh, this guy is, he's either a senior or a redshirt freshman. This is his fourth year out of high school, uh, six foot eight forward listed at 215 pounds. I could see him even being a little heavier than that. Um, which is a good thing. I think 215 is a little light for 6'8". Um, or I guess he's not somebody that looks particularly skinny. So, um, But he was, you know, 2000 or year 2000 birthday, so he's 22 years old. Um, currently plays for Kansas. He's their best player. He's sort of the central hub of their offense. Um, and not in a offensive hub type of way, like Nikola Jokic is, in a he's their shot creator. Um, and, and the shots sort of run through him. He's had some massive scoring games. Um, I think one of the reasons he wasn't really considered a prospect coming into this year is because he wasn't really a shooter. Um, he has certainly looked like a shooter these last few weeks, uh, and I would say this season overall. I think the real question for him is whether he has any real passing and dribbling skills outside of just you know, dribbling to a spot, try to create a shot. He's not necessarily dribbling to spots either, you know. Um, I, I'm interested to see if he's going to be able to act as sort of just a role player that's not a scorer primary. Um, I'm a little worried that he's going to need to fit into a scorer-only role, um, which is kind of weird for me to say since I'm taking him as a first-rounder, but he he's a guy that I can certainly see moving down. Um, I'm a little hesitant to have him even at 22 at this point, but I just think he's big. I think his shooting is legitimate and I think he's just a good all around scorer. 
Um, I mean, think Imani Bates, if Imani Bates was solid defensively, passed and defended more, or sorry, passed um, and shot off the ball more uh, and was just able to function at a Kansas team in that sort of environment. Um, I think you're getting sort of a poor man's Imani Bates type of score, um, which is pretty high praise because that guy's a heck of a score. Um, but I'm not super confident in him. I've got his confidence rating at a five. So it, it, he's definitely someone that can move down. Uh, I, I feel like I've got a decent read on him as a player. I do want to watch a little bit more of his passing and try to figure out like his dribbling passing. Like, is this a real functional um versatile role player or is he someone that's going to be need to be a specialty scorer so that's my main question for jalen wilson but number 22 on my big board um go ahead and move next on to number 23 so number 23 on my big board is a guy who has popped up a whole lot uh around the draft twitter community recently Uh, This is a guy that just, I think, is a super salacious prospect. He just checks all the boxes. He shows you every skill you want to see. He talks a great game in his interviews. He he just does all the things that you want to see from a potential NBA prospect. Um, And that's Brandon Pajemski. He is a 6'5 combo guard. Um, he certainly plays point guard in his current role, but I think of him as more of a com- punk combo guard in the NBA. Um, he is at Santa Clara. He transferred there from Illinois uh, this this year, but uh, obviously Santa Clara is where Jalen Williams, uh, number 12 pick to the Thunder, went last year. So very interesting to see a school like this that is not necessarily – so Steve Nash went to Santa Clara, so they do have one pretty huge claim to fame, but – uh, they, they haven't necessarily been a, a guard factory. Um, so to see them put out two guys in back-to-back years that starting to look like at least um, if if our opinions in the draft Twitter community is to be trusted, uh, it certainly looks like he's probably going to be a first-round pick. Um, so two back-to-back first-round picks at guard for, for Santa Clara would be pretty amazing. Um, but for, for Pajemski specifically, this is not a guy that is um, – unknown that just again is popping out at Santa Clara out of nowhere again he was a um I think he was a three-star recruit I've got him listed as the 107th rated recruit uh per 247's composite scores so I mean if you're ranked as the 100th best player in your class like nobody's disrespecting you um I think I heard actually that he was rated higher uh on the RSCI composite rankings than Jeremy Sohan uh in the 2021 class so like he certainly was given a lot of respect uh, as a player coming out of high school um not some unknown guy by any means but he's he's a really just good all-around six foot five guard he's i've got his defining skill as off guard skills um which i feel like can sound a little bit insulting uh, I, I've also got Cason Wallace listed as a guy that his main skills, off guard skills. Like, I don't mean that as an insult whatsoever. Um, I just think that he has the ability to function very well alongside a primary ball handler. I don't think he's going to have a career in the NBA as a primary ball handler. Um, but being able to 
handle the ball occasionally, runs it's it's the argument that everyone's made for uh Kyrie's value, right? The reason Kyrie's an incredibly valuable player and why he keeps getting deal after deal and trade package after trade package, despite being such an unpredictable player that has made incredibly bad decisions uh, and just, you know, put bad ideas out into the world is because he fits really well alongside a really good primary ball handler. Um, I don't necessarily think Pajemski is going to be Kyrie Irving. Uh, that's high praise. Um, Kyrie was the number one overall pick in his class uh, or in his draft. Um, Pajemski, though, he he has, again, he checks all my boxes in terms of shooting, dribbling, passing. Uh, and again, that is shooting in terms of his finishing touch. His floater game is pretty solid. Um, and then also just as a pure jump shooter, both on and off the ball. Um and his, his passing, I think he's a very good instinctive or, or creative passer, right? I think he's somebody that can get into an action, watch the action break down, and then still make something out of it, right? It's like the scrambling. It's the Patrick Mahomes uh, in the NFL. Like the thing that makes Patrick Mahomes is great is not that he can make throws when he's not under duress. Like, yeah, there's lots of guys that can make throws, you know, when you're just standing there and nobody's trying to tackle you, what's amazing is how he gets away from guys and still makes plays. So uh, that's what I think Pajemski really thrives in is just instinctive, uh, creative basketball. Um, the mean red flag I would say I have seen with him, I don't know if he's going to be a great athlete. Um, I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to hold up um, – defensively night in night out in terms of becoming a starter. I think he's probably going to be somebody that latches in on the NBA. Uh, I think he's like, he's solidly athletic. I'm just not sure if he's going to be athletic enough to really, really get in starting lineups and be trusted defensively against um, high level players in the NBA. So that is my main concern with him, but I am, Overall, pretty confident. I've got his confidence meter uh, up at a seven. So he, he's someone that, you know, I think 23rd, like I think somewhere in the 20s is going to be a, the perfect range for him. Maybe if someone sees uh, a perfect role for him, they take him 18, 19. But I think the beauty and the downside of being someone like Pajemski is that you can fit in all types of roles. But I think the guys that, um, get picked higher than we would expect. It's because a team identifies a player as fitting a role extremely well. And that's why all this stuff is good. Making a big board is great. And I love doing this, but really we should be looking at it from the team's perspective uh, because there are going to be plenty of teams where, uh, and I'll go ahead and say it. My number 24 guy is Jordan Hawkins. Um, Brandon Pajemsi is kind of the, exact opposite of Jordan Hawkins in terms of the spectrum of uh, generalized to specialized, right? Jordan Hawkins comes in, you know exactly what you're getting. He's a guy that is running around and trying to get uh, threes off the catch. He's not going to be a lockdown defender. He's not going to be your off ball pick and roll guy. He's not going to be any of that, right? He's a catch and shoot three point shooter and he can do some other stuff. That's fine. Maybe he can grow in his role, 
But that specified role of being a catch and shoot, and more specifically, it's you know the Duncan Robinson, right? It's the running off of screens, the movement three point shooting um, that you're drawing up plays for, right? That's the specific role that he fits right now. You you pick Pajemski as a movement three point shooter, he's probably not going to fit that role super well. He'll do other stuff, like he'll be a better defender than Jordan Hawkins. He'll probably like create off the dribble uh, more effectively than him, but it's just, it's a matter of, uh, you know, if, if you're the Lakers, maybe you want, well, actually you probably do want Pajemski because you want that ball handler, but um, so that wasn't a great example. But if, if you're a, a team that um, maybe the Mavericks now that they've got Luca uh, and Kyrie, maybe having Jordan Hawkins would be well, a team that wants, that needs a guy that can be a three point weapon, right? You're plugging Jordan Hawkins into that role. You're taking him over Pajemski 10 times out of 10, right? Um, that's not a super clean tr- way to transition, but I will go ahead and transition now over to Jordan Hawkins, who, again, I've got ranked 24th on my board. Um, I think his game's pretty straightforward. I think he's the best shooter in the draft. I don't even think it's that close in terms of guys that have the potential to be first-round picks. Uh, Jelly Walker at UAB might be his other competition. Um I mean, there's other guys you can certainly mention, but the, the honest, those are the two in my mind. Uh, those are the two most pure. I think if you were playing a game of horse, those are the two guys I would pick. How about that? That's the way I'm going to put it. Um, he, I think, is just going to make shots. I don't really have much doubt in that. Um, he's just going to have to prove that he can defend. I, I don't. I don't worry too much about his dribbling or passing. I don't think either are great. I would like to see his handle be a little better, a little tighter. Uh, you, you can tell he 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 emulates his game after Steph Curry. Everything he does is is, is so Steph. The like running off a of screen, so kind of grab it and like sort of just like look at the guy. And if he doesn't come out to him, even though he's three feet outside of the arc, he's just like fine. I guess I'll just shoot. Some of the shooting with hands in his faces. Um, he, he definitely. He acts like a guy that has watched a lot of Steph Curry. But, you know, you wish that, again, for a guy like that, you wish that he could be a little bit better dribbling and finishing with, like, a floater inside. Uh, You wish that he could maybe drive and kick himself a little bit more. I think he's fine as a dribble, fine as a passer, but I don't think he's going to be – I don't think he's even going to be quite average as far as a shooting guard at those skills. Um, I don't, I, I've got him rated as a four on both of those. His shooting is a 10, by the way. I, I don't even feel that the need to mention that. This just feels obvious. Um, then his, de- his defense, I've got it a four as well. He's skinny. He's listed at 195 pounds, but I don't, I don't know if I quite believe that. Um, he, he's, he's skinny and I think he's got a pretty skinny frame. Uh, he's our, he's, he's 20 years old now. He'll turn 21 in April. So it's not like he's just, you know, some, wiry 17 year old either i think that's just kind of what his body is uh, and that's kind of what's going to hold him back um but that's fine he can survive you know being kind of skinny and not being the best defender um if he can learn to get around screens and become a legitimate uh one slash two defender that would be hugely valuable but honestly i would just expect him to be a one position Guard, probably the slower the two guards is what I would say, realistically. Um, you know, I think he's a fine athlete, but he's he's certainly not 
not the quickest guy in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jordan Hawkins, I, I just trust his shooting a lot. Um, and I think is what I mentioned before, right. About how, if you're a guy like him, you're super specialized. Like you want a team to take you and need you to fit into a role. They current, uh, it, you want there to be a current need on a team that you are addressing with this player. Um, the beauty of Jordan Hawkins is that the role of off ball three point shooter is um, pretty prominent in the NBA these days. There's a few teams, I would say approximately 30 uh, that could probably use another six foot five off ball three point shooter. That's as effective as he is. Um, he probably wouldn't get minutes right away for any team. Uh, for, sorry, for every single team, but, probably 25, 27, 28 teams. I, I don't even, I don't know which teams uh, he wouldn't go into next year, averaging 12 minutes a game for So I guess that's a pretty, pretty high praise for him. Um, yeah. I, I, he's a guy that, you know, again, I, I think if I saw the perfect opportunity or if my team needed a guy like him, yeah, I could take him 16, 17, 18. Um, I think obviously you'd take Jet Howard, you'd take Grady Dick before him, but, I could even see you taking Jordan Hawkins over Traquavion Smith. Um, if you want someone that is, if you're not worried about the on-ball stuff. And also, Traquavion Smith's list, I, I say Jordan Hawkins is skinny. Traquavion's listed at six foot four, 165 pounds. So talk about skinny, right? I mean, I, I definitely think there is some context in which you might just take Jordan Hawkins there. So, you know, I think he's a great player. I don't think he's, I, I think he's at zero risk to fall out of my uh, first round. Um, and on to this next guy who is actually the first freshman of all these guys I talked about. Um, but number 25 on my big board, uh, big board 1.0 is out of Indiana, Jalen Hood Shafino. So Hood Shafino is definitely not one of the guys I've, he's definitely not like a top, 15 guy in terms of minutes I've watched him this year. I've watched a couple of his games, um, the Ohio State game, uh, and most recently the Purdue game, uh, as well as the Illinois game a few weeks ago. Um, but I, I've got mixed opinions on Huchifino. Um, I think he's a lock to be a first rounder uh, now and going forward. He's just too clearly – he's – I think it's kind of fair to compare these last three – and probably my next guy as well, uh, but I'll get to him when I get to him. But Hood Shafino, I think, compares pretty uh, well to Brandon Pajemski, uh, and I think, again, he's the absolute inverse of Jordan Hawkins. Um, this is a guy that is much more of a solid dribbler, solid passer, solid shooter, solid defender. Um, I can check all the boxes. I can play versatile, you know, that sort of thing. Um I guess some of the fundamentals. Uh, Huchifino is a six foot five point guard. Uh, he's listed at two hundred and ten pounds, uh, which yeah, I can believe that. Uh, currently nineteen years old, turns twenty in July. Um, he was he's, he's a freshman. He came out as a five star this year. He was a twenty third ranked prospect uh, per two forty sevens composite rankings. Uh, he was a Montverde kid, so obviously you play at Montverde, you play with some pretty big time talent. So he was there with like Tariq Whitehead and uh, Dylan Mitchell. Um, 
yeah, Dylan Mitchell, right? I, I think that's, I think, yes, Dylan Mitchell. Um, and some other big names I'm just not thinking of right now. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if he played there for more than a year, one year he played with a guy we talked about earlier, Deron Holmes. Um, but he, he's a guy that's used to playing with a lot of talented, uh, specifically talented offensive guys, right? So you can tell that he's learned how to play as a, uh, an opportunistic point guard. He's a guy that knows he's not going to be on the ball all the time. So when he's on the ball, he is generally looking to make a play, whether it's making a creating a shot for himself, creating a pass for someone else. Uh, I would say he is driving or attacking quite often on his uh, possessions, uh, which is a good thing. I think he's a pretty aggressive guy offensively. Um, and he can get pretty aggressive defensively as well, which I definitely appreciate. Um I, 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 this really just to me boils down to one thing. I don't really buy him as a shooter or as a scorer in general. And I think some of this, I, I, I want to wait a little bit uh, and watch him some more before I really solidify my opinions. But I'm just a little nervous about his shooting. He's a 70% free throw shooter, so 34 48 on the year. Um, 70% for a guard is pretty borderline. I mean, if you're, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, for instance, I think also shoots 70%. Um, but he's a non-jump shooting big man who is just going to need to prove that he's got solid enough touch to finish around the basket, um, as well as actually, you know, make free throws, which is pretty important. Jalen Hood Shafino, you're kind of using that number more as – um, and in an indicator for his outside jump shot, um, you look at his actual three pointers this year, he is shooting 39%. He's made 28 out of 71 jump shots, uh, sorry, three point shots. Um, but if you actually look at his game logs, it's, it's very up and down. He's got, you know, against Purdue, he was, uh, zero for one on threes actually is wow. Okay. So his last, is that eight games? He's. Zero for three, zero for one, zero for two, six for nine against Ohio State, which is pretty huge. Uh, zero for three against Minnesota, zero for three against Michigan State, zero for zero against Illinois, and then going back even further, zero for two against Wisconsin, one for four against Penn State, and then two other big outings when he had five of seven against Northwestern and five of eight against Iowa. So three games where he's hit five, five, and six three-pointers, and then a lot of games where he's hit zero, two games where he's hit one, two games where he's hit three. Oh, I'm missing a couple of games at the bottom, actually. But he is, he is just it, – it, well, so if you add them up, right, 16 of his 28 threes came in three games, which is not really how you want that distribution to come out. Um, I think his finishing around the basket is pretty hit or miss. Uh, this is another one where I should probably dig into some film, but also some synergy breakdowns to try to get a better feel for what the stats t- say about his touch and his shooting scoring potential. Cause clearly it's well-respected against people within the draft community. So um guy that I need to evaluate further as a scorer, I mean, he's a great passer and I think he's a great dribbler. I've got him rated as an eight for both of those. And that is as a guy that's going to be, um, again, I don't think he'll be a primary uh, creator as a point guard, but you know, 
I think he's going to be a combo guard. You know, he's another guy with those off balls, uh, sorry, the off guard skills are super important for him. Um, And I think he's got those in spades with the dribbling and the passing, the shooting. I'm really worried about. I've got it rated as a two right now. Um, I'm definitely willing to revise that. I'm open to open to changing my mind, but I'm just a little nervous about it for now. Uh, The defense I've got as a six, you know, overall confidence meter I've got as a five. Like I, I think he's a good player. I think he's, going to be in the NBA um, for a while, even if he doesn't develop to be a great shooter. I almost, and this just popped in my head, I almost get like Thomas Sadoransky vibes from him. I think Hunchefino is probably a little more athletic. He's got a little more scoring potential, and then he was certainly... um, or certainly projects to be more of a like a pick and roll creator. You know, someone's passing off the dribble uh, and shooting off the dribble a lot more. Um, theoretically, he is, but I, I think Sadoransky, in terms of just that taller point guard that can't really shoot. You know, if your point guard can't shoot, you're gonna have issues. So I th- I think that just kind of illustrates the limitations that he could potentially encounter. Um, and what would really hold him back from being a starter, potentially even a core rotation piece. So that's Jalen Hunchefino. Um, I think he's a great prospect, but certainly the shooting could be an issue. Um, this next guy, I would say, is relatively similar in terms of the skill set, relatively similar. Um, I'm less concerned about the shooting, more so with the athleticism, though. Uh, Colby Jones out of Xavier. This is a guy who is a junior uh, currently 20 years old, he'll be, he'll be turning 21 in late May. Um, he is a guy who, again, I think the off-guard skills are going to be the biggest thing for him. Um, I think he's pretty solid as a dribbler, pretty solid as a passer. I don't think he's as good as Jalen Hood Shafino, that's for sure. I think there's a pretty dramatic difference between those two, to be honest. Um, or, or I shouldn't say that. I think there's a tier of difference between them. I still think they're both good. I just think that whatever Jalen is very good and uh, Colby is good. You know, it's not that one's great. One's bad. Um, But I think he's, he's a guy that I actually, when I first saw him, I was like, this guy is kind of just meh at everything. Like he's an okay scorer, but like not really that much of a shooter. He's like an okay passer dribbler, but like, it's not really like that explosive, not really creating that much. His defense, it's like, well, it kind of looks like he's playing good defense, but it feels like it's more movement than actual. Like, it feels like he's expending more energy than he's actually producing effective results in terms of defense sometimes. Um, but I've come around to him some. I will say that some of the reason I say that is because I just don't think there's that many other guys that can make a case as a first round pick. Um, you know, I, I don't have Colby Jones as somebody that I think, I, I don't know. I don't know about him. Uh, he makes me a little nervous again, the athleticism. Uh, I think if he was six, two or six, three, he would not have any chance uh, at being a pro. I think the shooting is, Better than I thought at first. Uh, I think he's a solid jump shooter, and I think he can finish a little bit more creatively than I, I initially thought. Um, but but I, again, I think the the passing, the dribbling is fine. I think he's going to have to be a solid shooter. 
And I am interested to see whether he actually holds up as a defender because I'm not super confident that he will. Um, I think he's a smart player. I have to give him credit. I think he's a really good um, – I think he's a very intelligent basketball player. Um, or it, it, I think he has – I'm trying to – because intelligence is not what you want to say, right? I think he has good – not instincts, but – looks like he's watched a lot of basketball, right? He kind of knows um, maybe he's not the most instinctive guy making reads, but he seems like he's gotten his reps in and he kind of knows like, okay, if I do X, then that results in Y. So I do Z. He can't necessarily say, okay, I do A and that causes B, which causes C, which causes D, which causes E. And then I do F, right? I don't think I could do that. You know, there's, very few people on the planet that can do that, um, which is why they're the most paid. That's the John Morants and the Lucas of the world, right? Um, but I think Colby Jones, I think his, I, th- I just think he's solid. Um, it's, just, it's just whether he's solid enough and then whether he really does have the um, the foot speed uh, to hold up because I think he's, you know, relatively strong. But, you know, if he's going to be a real guard defender, I think he's going to have to really, really impress on the, on the perimeter because – uh, it's going to be tough, I think. Um, but, you know, that's enough Colby Jones. Solid player, but somebody that I've warmed on and has just been too consistent to count out, but just not somebody that really blows me away. Um, but with that Colby Jones slander to end his segment, I'll go ahead and talk about number 27, uh, Chris Murray. Chris Murray out of Iowa. A lot of people talk about him like he's just a clone of Keegan Murray. Um, another guy that I haven't watched a ton of, watched enough uh, to know that he's not Keegan Murray, right? I mean, Keegan Murray was the fourth pick for a reason. He was not just a really good scorer, not just a good defender, but he was like a legitimately good dribbler passer, um, like a shot creator. Like he was way more of a shot creator than Chris Murray is. Um, Chris Murray, I, I do like his shot. I think he's a solid defender. Uh, but he is not much of a dribbler or a passer. Uh, specifically, the passing is the thing that worries me a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. It seems like if he's not the one finishing the play, he's not providing much value to it, which is a little bit concerning. I do think that more than likely what you'll see is you'll have a specialty scoring role uh, off the bench. Um, I Again, I, oh well, sorry, I should clarify. A specialty scorer that has some defensive skill, right? I mean, I, I think that's where his value is. He's not just like a pure, uh, again, another reference to Imani Bates. I don't think he's a pure Imani Bates. I'm going to score and then give up the same amount of points on the other end. Um, I think ideally you bring him in as a good offensive player and a solid defensive player. Um, I just don't think he's going to be really contributing that much uh, outside of finishing shots. So I don't think he has that much value outside of, again, a specific scoring role uh, where people are setting him up. But, you know, again, his defining skill, I've got it listed as he's a, he's another one of these big shooters with some skill, right? Um, although I will say I am a little hesitant to classify him like that because when I said big shooter with skill, I was more talking about guys like uh, Jet Howard, who I think is a legitimate on-ball creator, not all the time, not primary 
but secondary, I think he can be a secondary creator. I think he can, you know, he can, he can get his. That's how I would <laughs> – that's the easiest way to put it. Whereas I don't know how much Chris Murray is going to be able to get his in the league. So uh, he's a guy that, again, he is – he and Colby Jones are kind of first-rounders because it's like it's 27 and 28, and I'm not super comfortable with these other guys yet. But I could certainly see them being guys that get bounced – um, in favor of other guys that I have watched more of recently and have started to like a little bit more. Um, the ne- next guy on my list could certainly fit in that category as well. Uh, number 28, Jordan Walsh. Uh, and I will mention this is actually the end of my next tier. So Jalen Wilson at 22, Brennan Pajemski at 23, Jordan Hawkins at 24, Jalen Jafino at 25, Colby Jones at 26, Chris Murray at 27. Now, Jordan Walsh at 28, I have all rated as first-rounders. Uh, that's the tier. Um, Jordan Walsh, I'm almost certainly going to drop out of this tier uh, and probably out of the first round. Uh, I actually got to see him in person against South Carolina this weekend, um, and I will say my impressions of him have not changed that much, specifically due to seeing him in person. Um, I think he has pretty solid size. He's 6'7". He's clearly got pretty long arms. Um, he's a skinny guy for sure. He's listed at 195 on ESPN, which is the same weight that Jordan Hawkins was listed at. Um, he is quite skinny. He is quite skinny. And and I would say he is skinny to the point where I don't know if he's ever going to, I, I, well, you know what? I take that back. I think he's got a solid frame. I think he's going to put some weight on. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to guard like, fours and especially like i don't i think if like like if joel and b get switched on everyone he's going to destroy him but like jordan walsh isn't going to have a chance right he's not he's not going to have um surprise strength Uh, jordan walsh i guess overall again i'm skipping over the fundamentals but freshman uh wing playing at arkansas he played at link at link academy with julian phillips last year uh, another five-star recruit um he is a guy i've got his defining skill listed as defense and athleticism um which i don't have anyone else listed as that it's kind of a sign that i didn't really know what to put for him um he is a shaky shooter he's a pretty shaky dribbler and passer he's a good defender though you, you cannot really argue with his defense um although i will say it's not quite as impressive as i was uh, thinking it would be, he's not quite the aggressive defender that you might expect. Um, and I think to an extent he may just, he, he may have some of that visual appeal where you see a six foot seven guy with long arms. That's like kind of lanky and like, looks like Herb Jones kind of body. Right. Uh, I think he's, he's got the type of body that you want for a um, kind of a lockdown forward, but a guy who can play really well on and off ball, I'd say that's what you really want, right? Like a great closeout guy. It's it's like Herb Jones getting those blocks on three-point shots. Like that's the type of body that Jordan Walsh has. Uh, I don't know if I quite trust him to turn into a super aggressive defender. I don't know if he's quite got that athleticism either. I mean, Herb Jones is a pretty crazy athlete. I think Jordan Walsh might be a step behind that. Um, and again, I think his skill on offense might be, I will say it's not like he's clueless on offense. 
and I think it almost hurts him that he's aware that he's not a good shooter. Cause I think he's probably more skilled as a shooter and as a passer and a dribbler than we see, uh, which is why I had him on my radar or at this spot in the first place. Um, I do think that, you know, if he gets in the NBA and somebody is really putting him into in a development program for a couple of years and like gets him really comfortable somewhere um, that he will start exploring. I think he'll start showing more skill uh, that already exists that he's just not putting into action. Um, that still might not be enough. I'm pretty nervous about him at this point. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he's the type of guy that's going to get a chance. Maybe he even just comes back for another year of school, put some weight on, uh, I mean, it's probably nice to be playing alongside Anthony Black right now, but like Arkansas will still have talent next year, I'm sure. Uh, someone who can set him up for some shots. It, it, maybe it'll just be good to come back another year, not be a freshman, you know, not be 18 years old. Maybe you got a little weight put on you. Maybe there's a little bit less pressure because you're not part of this big time freshman class. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think he. I think there's a good uh, case for him to come back next year, but that's, that's obviously something that's going to um, you'll have to see how the next few months play out. Um, if he really is going to be a, a first round draft pick, maybe just go for it, but yeah, who knows? We'll see. Um, I'll go ahead and move on to my last two guys quickly. Um, no, not a manual. Although this is around where he got taken, I think. Um, but my number 29 player, uh, and I will mention this is the start of a new tier, my early second round tier. So these are guys that more defaulted into being, I, I consider these guys more, I'm more comfortable taking them in the early second. But uh, as of the creation of this board, I hadn't identified anyone that I thought was more obvious uh, of an NBA player. So they defaulted to players 20 and 30. Uh, sorry, 29 and 30. Um, but player 29, uh, he is a guy that I'm I'm pretty comfortable at this point as a first-round pick. But Noah Clowney, uh, he is out of actually my alma mater, Dorman High School. Um, I was I, I saw him play a couple of times when he was, I want to say, a sophomore or maybe even a freshman. Uh, it was back – it would have been 2019-20. So, yeah, he would have been a freshman. Wow. Um I think I might be doing that math wrong. I'm who knows I'm on the spot right now. I can't do that. Um, But I did get to see him a little bit. He was a skinny lanky kid who you saw him and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I can see he's a basketball player. Um, He had some latent skill. He wasn't playing as a center or anything. Um, He was more of like a six, 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 seven guy at that point. And Dorman high, uh, is a you know it's a public school in South Carolina. It's not necessarily one of these Montverds or anything, but uh, that team was actually a a really good team. Uh, they they would have uh, the national um, national championship for high school got shut down that year, but they would have been actually hosting the game uh, if it had happened. It was going to get moved from New York City to Dorman, uh, so they were that type of good. Like they had. Uh, two top hundred recruits. They had PJ Hall, who's at Clemson now, and they had um, Miles Tate, who's at Butler. He's had some injury issues, but um, they also, they they also had Talon, Talon Cooper, who's not someone I knew, but he's at Minnesota now, and like 
their starting point guard and like one of the best assist guys in the Big Ten. So he was there apparently. I, I don't remember him all, at all, but I, I do I do remember Clowney a little bit. You know, I remember being and he was already, I think at that point, like listed as a recruit, um, even that far out in the future. But you know, he was like six seven, like solid coordination, solid hands, like did a little bit of dribbling, like would shoot occasionally. It was like, yeah, I can see how this guy is being shaped into a a college and or potentially a pro player. You know, at that point, I was thinking more college. Um, but he's been really impressive this year. You know, at this point, he's more 6'10", uh, listed at 210 in terms of weight. I, I'd buy that. I think he's going to be able to put on some decent weight. He's He's got a good frame. Um, and he's actually, he's 18. He'll turn 19 in July. So a very young for his class. I think he's got good athleticism. I think what's been most impressive for me, though, is his uh, and I've actually this one I, I'm definitely going to change, but I have his defining skill listed as coordination and mobility, coordination and mobility, because I've been really impressed with the number one thing I think he does better than anyone else in this class is catch the ball around the rim. I think he has phenomenal hands. I never see him fumble the ball. He always catches it, takes it up high, finishes every single time. He has no wasted movement in that type of situation. Um, I think he is very mobile. I think he can guard on the perimeter. I think he can guard on the interior. I think he's good fighting for rebounds. He, he's been a very good rebounder this year, which I was very impressed by. Um, he's a solid shooter. I think he's got very good touch. Uh, as far as, again, his his what I've got him ranked at, his shooting, I think, is a seven. I think he's... I think he is a good shooter already. And I think specifically, I think he's got very good touch. Um, I think he's a solid defender too. a seven as a defender. Uh, his dribbling and passing, I think are both fours. Um, but given that he is a guy that's going to play probably mostly center. Um, I think of him as kind of the Dayron Holmes um, defensively, right? I think they're ideally probably centers. Maybe they can play some four. Um Noah Clowney's got more of an offensive game at the four, though, so I'm actually more optimistic about him getting minutes earlier on, depending on the team he's on, just because I think he can play some four and some five. Um, some comparisons that I had for him, some guys that he br- brought to mind, uh, similar to Daron Holmes, you know, I, I thought of Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton's another guy from upstate South Carolina. He Went to Georgia for two years. Um, you see what he's doing now. You know, Nick Claxton's maybe an inch or two taller, uh, but, you know, he was skinny in college too. Uh, he was kind of a shooter as well. Uh, he has toned that down, and his free throw shooting is pretty abhorrent. Um, but you see him have, like, some nice little, like, floater shots, uh, touch shots around the rim. Um, like he, Nick Claxton's always been a guy that has solid touch and also is a great rim protector and a rebounder, which I, I think is another reason you compare Clowney to him. Uh, Jarrett Vanderbilt's another guy I had had written down. Um, not the cleanest fit in the world, but just sort of that energy big mold, right? Where, you know, just maybe getting more rebounds than you would expect for guys that their size and weight. Um, again, Vanderbilt's not much of a, a shooter, but I think Clowney is going to be like a pretty good shooter all around the arc. Like I, I think he'll shoot some from the wing and like those trailing threes. I think he'll be a big time trailing three shooter. Um, I, I really like Clowney. I, I'm definitely getting 
I think he's more likely going to end up uh, in the early 20s and the next iteration of my board um, because he is flash a lot of things, but he's also been incredibly consistent for a guy that's, you know, 18 years old. So I, I, I've i been a little hesitant to move him up too high, again, because he is a guy from my own high school I was kind of familiar with. I don't want to get too high on my own supply, um, for lack of a better phrase. Some reason I use that one. <laughs> but, yeah, I just – I think he is a – I think he's a really skilled, really smart guy that's in a six foot ten body – has pretty wide shoulders, could really put on some strength. Like he's got a lot of potential to, you know, be a, a very high level role player. And when I say that, I mean like, I mean in the way that Mikhail Bridges is a role player, right? I, I mean, be your third or fourth most valuable player and play incredibly well off of your primary creators and your stars. So I've got a lot of hope for him. Um, my number 30 guy, I'm just going to go over real quickly because I got to get out of here, but. Uh, Kyle Filipowski out of Duke. He's a guy that, unlike uh, Clowney, I'm a lot less optimistic, mainly on his defense. Um, I just don't think he's going to be able to be a playoff defender, uh, frankly, at the center position, which is why I can't have him really listed as a first-rounder. If you're not going to be able to defend as a center in the playoffs, you're not going to be able to start as a center in the playoffs. Uh, and that really diminishes your value. But I, I will say I am pretty confident that Filipowski is going to be a lock for an NBA rotation because I think his offense is legit. I think his, his three-point shooting is better than the stats show. I mean, it looks fine. Um, I actually have his defining skill listed as shot creation because he is kind of just like a seven-foot shot creator. He likes doing those like dumb little like dribbles into the – not like short mid range and pulling some garbage shot. Like he is much more of an off the dribble. Um, I don't want to call him a dribble drive guy. Cause he's so slow when he does it, but he is like a dribble drive guy. Um, a couple compare the main comparison I had for him, it, definitely a white on white comparison, but Kelly Olenek, uh, Kelly Olenek was actually starting on some playoff teams, but that was also like what six or seven years ago at this point. Um, I think, you know, Kelly Olenek has been playing minutes on teams for the last 10 years, and I think Filipowski is going to do the same thing. I just don't think he's going to be super valuable. Um, and again, I think, you know, I've got his shooting and his dribbling listed as sevens. I think for a big guy, his dribbling is really good, uh, but I think he's a big shot creator slash shooter that doesn't play that much defense. Uh, and the one thing that Olenek has that he doesn't, maybe he'll develop it, but I don't think Filipowski is much of a shooter right now. Sorry, excuse me. He's a good shooter. He's not much of a passer right now. Um, so that, you know, makes it difficult to really throw you in a rotation as well. So, you know, it, he's been Duke's most productive guy this year. Um, he's clearly got some real offensive talent. Maybe he can be good enough to be in a rotation. Maybe he can scrap, scrape by as a defender, but you know, I think more than likely he will end up in the NBA, just not as a valuable player um, to winning. So, you know, as far as my big board goes, I'm going to prioritize guys that I think are, are going to be valuable on good teams. Um, and that's why I've got them here. So, you know, that's number 30 on my big board. Finally talked about all 30 guys on version 1.0. Uh, really appreciate y'all tuning in. 
Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'll definitely have some more NBA draft content coming out. I'll probably put out a new big board in the next couple of weeks. Um, I've definitely got some opinions in the works. So thanks for hanging out with me today and I will talk to y'all later.